Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Oh, doing good. It's getting cold in the DF dub. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a cold front came through today. So uh, <laughs> we're getting ready for that uh, that winter season over here, man. So the good thing is we will no longer have to worry about AC problems. We'll now worry about heater problems at all of our places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> man, these utility bills are killing us. Anyways, we have a special guest today on this episode 231 of your favorite Airbnb VRBO short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world, Micah. Who we got? Zianna McIntyre. I nailed it. She told me before the show how to say her name. Who? <laughs> Repeat guest. Micah says she's been on three times. I said two times, but, you know, we'll split the difference. Uh, who is Zianna McIntyre? Well, you probably heard her, heard her on Bigger Pockets, and uh, I'll read a little bio. She went from fifty thousand dollars in debt to financially free within two years with Airbnb. Ziana McIntyre has been on Airbnb, a BRB, an Airbnb host since 2012. After 10 years of managing short-term rentals across the globe, she has transitioned to selling real estate to investors looking to house hack or live for free. She is an avid real estate investor owning a double-digit portfolio of short and mid-term rentals. In the fall of 2022, she will release the book. 30, she already did release the book. <laughs> this bio is old. What's going on? 30-Day uh, Stay. I have the book right here, y'all. 30-Day Stay. You got to get this book. And as I trudge through this, okay, the letters got smaller all of a sudden. Uh, an investor's guide to mastering the mid-term rental co-authored with sarah weaver she teaches listeners how to achieve financial freedom through real estate on her podcast invest to fi co-hosted with craig curlop she has been featured on bigger pockets mr money mustache npr business insider and more than 50 podcasts zion ziana has been to 47 different countries she spends half the year in boulder colorado and the other half traveling the world as an international pet sitter welcome to the show ziana i love that you read the whole thing i, I kept going i kept scrolling i was like damn how much oh is this? damn bro sorry i'm just trying to give you options like i've been here a while i got a lot of stuff to say so what everybody wants to know um how is pet sitting Pet sitting's awesome. I mean, we're literally going to a pet sit on Saturday and it's going to be in this, like we've been there maybe five times. Like we go there for most of our Thanksgivings and Christmases. It's like an hour from here. And it's this crazy lodge on the edge of like a valley. You go in and it's like this huge windows and it's just like mountains. It's unbelievable. Where's and we the stay there for free. We're just watching some doggies, you know? Where's the so, it's in Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, man, I knew you were going to say Estes. I love Estes. I just went oh. there two years ago. I love Estes. The drive up scary, cool. especially on some edibles, but yeah, I love Estes Park. <laughs> well, I usually skip that part, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the drive up oh. is scary, but yeah, I love Estes Park. It's beautiful. 
Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the book just came out yesterday. So, you know, that's not that old of a bio. Okay. Just yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Cause I told, I, I was, I was messaging, you know, past guests, future guests, present guests. I said, Hey, send me a book so I can put on my wall of honor over here. And then I, and I sent a Zayona a picture, Zayana a picture today of, of her book on the wall of honor. I was so proud, you know, this thumbtacks and, and then she's like you got to read the fucking book and i was like oh okay <laughs> I, was like, I didn't know that was part of the deal i'm reading it no but i do i am gonna read this i'm gonna freaking read it every night like the bible and because 30 days stay hey we love midterm rentals here mike has been talking midterm rentals for years he, he's always saying fuck airbnb and and so i'm into it big time heavy and i want to yeah we want to pick your brain today and get all the knowledge you know from you to start it off how, how do you advertise your midterm rentals to get the midterm <laughs> reservations? Well, I'm going to piss you off right now because I use Airbnb still, bro. <laughs> um, but I also use, uh, you know, Furnish Finder. And now we're getting really into trying to like build relationships to do the contracts. Because if you can get direct contracts for doctors or insurance or government contracts, they'll pay you as much as a short-term rental, sometimes more. So that's where it's at, but it takes a little legwork. Now, how do you set up your Airbnb listing to attract that midterm rental? Yeah, so I mean, I just put 30 days plus because some of my cities, we can't do anything else, right? So 30 days is like what's legal in town. And then the way that I set it up, so I'm really strategic about it, is like I only open it up about a month at a time. So if I if I got a tenant coming in, Usually they say, hey, I just want to go month to month. I don't know when I'm leaving yet. So then I just leave the calendar blocked. But as soon as they tell me, hey, I'm out in two weeks or in a month, I'll open just five weeks. And the reason I do that is because I don't want people to just have my calendar and book whenever and give me some awkward three-week gap that I can't fill anymore. You know what I mean? So I, I make it that it's not instant book and I make it so that I can like move the dates around. I no, know, okay. not instant book. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> how does your calendar, like how's your occupancy? Because we, we've talked about, hey, just, just make yeah. our listing 30 days. But then some people, we kind of get like, uh, what's the occupancy like doing that? No, I'm, we're full. We are full. So literally we can have people come in the same day and leave, you know, like the same day someone leaves. But it's hard on our cleaner because sometimes people stay six months, like very often, mm. You get a nurse and then they want to extend and their contracts are 13 weeks. So then they'll do the whole six months deal. Um, and so after six months, you don't know what you're walking into. It's like, does somebody move a broom around once or not? So <laughs> it's hard to have a guest come in in a couple hours. So we try to give them a day in between. But yeah, it's I barely have like a couple of days. It's it's never really empty. Wow. Have you ever on that note, have you ever toyed with like doing monthly or weekly cleanings for the guests? So what we do, so I'm really into auto messaging because I feel like that less automation is less for us to do. So we've got like a series of messages and I think it's like day three, we send them a message with our cleaners info and like the cleaners wage and, you know, and just kind of say like, we'll just leave this here. If you want a cleaner, hint, hint, <laughs> but I don't want to pay for it, you know? Right. So I'm not doing it. Now, what, now this is another question. So what area are your rentals in for it to be like, you're steady getting like 30 day rentals here, here and here. Cause I, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I want to try it, but I'm like, Oh man, I don't know if I'll be messing it up. So wh what areas does this usually work in? So 
this is what I did wrong, but it's because I've been in this field for like 10 years. And so I didn't have this strategy before. So it was like, at investing ADD. It was like, I would hear about a cool market. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go there. And so now I invest, I have like four states. And in some of the states, I'm in like three markets in that state. So it's a little messy. What I recommend for people now is pick a state and marry it or pick an area and marry it. So if, you know, if you want to diversify maybe two areas, but stay in those areas. So I have medium term in St. Louis still. And then I've got Boulder, Colorado, Denver, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've got long-term rentals and short-term rentals in Florida. And then I've got a short-term rental that we do some midterm in um, Washington state. So it's just like a little random. I know. Oh. She random. Why, why are you against uh, diversifying like that? Because now that we're trying to build the contract like relationships, you want to become the guy with like all the units in this one place. So then when they call you up, you're like, oh, yeah, I've got 15 units like well, I can help you out, you know. And so for me to call them up and be like, I got one place, you know, that's not as cute. So now I'm like, OK, I'm just going to I'm consolidating a little bit. I like that strategy. Now, now who's yeah. going to St. Louis for 30 days? Oh my God. St. Louis is the like busiest market of all of them. It's just wow. my the problem middle. with St. Louis is that I can never. So you'll, you'll learn this if you invest in different markets or manage in different markets is that some places you can find really good cleaners and reliable people and all that stuff. St. Louis, man, I've been in that market since 2015 and I still struggling with cleaners. So I'm ready to go. I'm cutting my, <laughs> cutting my losses. So Damn. yeah, I had four places there and now I just down to one because I'm I'm slowly selling them off. Oh, you yeah. should have told me I would have bought them. I got boots on the ground in St. Louis. Oh, good. You want to give me some boots? I need a boot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got the best handyman contractor in the world, but cleaners, man, they're killing me. So it just depends. So now a quick question on cleaners, just to go into that real quick. Yeah. What's your process for hiring them now? <sighs> um, I guess like, I mean, my assistant does most everything now, so yeah. it was her process, but basically I try to get somebody who's vetted and referred by somebody. And then we, we got to make sure that they're available. And I, I need to make sure that they're doing deep cleans and the pricing's not insane. I think right now you can probably find amazing cleaners, but they, they're going to kill you on the cost. So it just depends. But yeah, I think the people that I've got out there, they're either not available or they're just really difficult. And I, I think what's hard is when you're an out-of-state investor, you need that cleaner to be like cleaner plus, right? They need to be your boots on the ground, the eyes. They need to be able to like run to Target for some batteries just in case, you know, mm -hmm. like a little extra and I'll yeah. pay them for it. But I've got some people that just won't help and that I don't like that. That doesn't work for me. Nice. Yeah, yeah. we got a cleaner here that she's actually putting together our, the latest arbitrage house that we're doing that we want it to See? be heavy on the midterm. She's yeah, the so right she, one. Yeah. So she's the second, <laughs> this is the, well, the third place she put together for us. So yeah. So she just has a knack at designs. So, so it's like, well, you want to design a place? We'll pay you. And, and she's doing it all. And of course, probably get a free cleaning out of it, you know, because <laughs> you're going to show us the house all set up and pretty. And um, right. so, yeah, it's definitely, you need, yeah, you need people like that that can do more, right? Like a, like a baseball team, a, a three tool guy, you know, a guy can hit and then catch and then, you know, run you know you you want people with more tools than just just one thing because you, you're definitely going to need to call on them one day 
Yeah. And let me just tell Micah a little bit about St. Louis. The reason St. Louis works is because it has a hospital cluster. So you kind of see that certain markets have that where it's like, they're just like hospital row where they got like five hospitals right in that area. And St. Louis has that. So not only do they have some big university hospitals, but they also have just like this cluster in uh, Central West End. Is that what it's called? I think so. Um, and yeah, it just brings so many nurses that even with four places, that was constantly full and people were like looking for more units. So it's a good market. I'm just, I'm done. I've graduated. <laughs> so are you, now, are you actively growing your portfolio right now? I am, but it depends on what day of the week you ask me that. <laughs> Sometimes I get tired and I'm like, I'm done. You know what? What I've learned now is like when you have a lot of money coming in or whatever, you could just invest in syndications, right? Like life could just be easier and you could be fully hands off and actually passive. But I'm here for the addiction. I love buying houses. You know, I can't stop. So that's the problem. <laughs> well so you only buy, you don't arbitrage, right? I don't arbitrage. I started that way, but I, you know, even just COVID showed me that like, I'm in like 500K each year just in equity. And I was like, mm. I'm here for the equity. <laughs> Forget about the arbitrage. But you know, if you guys want another job, you can keep arbitraging. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You got 500K. And I tell people, man, that is unbeatable. That is unbeatable. Now- are you buying your your property straight off the MLS? How are you picking them up off market? How are you picking them up? I, yeah, I am. Like I've I've bought only one thing off market. People are like, oh, you got to be cute to get a deal. I'm like, no, you got to know how to make a deal because you can look at something and say, oh, if I'm going to make it a long-term rental, that's not going to work. But if I do midterm, if I do short-term, if I do some other crazy stuff, if I rent by the room now, almost anything can be a deal. So my problem is I find too many deals and I'm like, you need to stop buying things. <laughs> so you mentioned something real quick, rent by the room. Do you do that? I don't, but I have, you know, and I think that's more, that's like a great strategy when you're super young and you're excited about having roommates still, but I, I'm kind of past that now. So yeah, rent by the room strategy is, is basically having roommates, but what works well is that if you can get into a house with very little down, you know, and a lower interest rate because you're owner occupied, then you can just rent out all the rooms and live for free and get cash flow. And people maximize that by renting those rooms medium term or doing short term in those rooms. But I just don't want to live with a lot of people. No, I, I just I just figured like like if you bought a house that you buy a hospital, you would think, oh, this would be a great, you know, rent by the room place. You know, not that you would live it in could. it. It could. Yeah. You know, I've heard mixed things about that. I've heard that it's actually like there's liability if you're putting people that don't know each other together. I don't know. I did that years ago and had no problem with it. So I think it just depends, but I find it to be too much hassle. And so I'm kind of in this place of like, I like medium term. I like short term. It is a little bit more work, but I still want to keep my work at a minimum. And mm. so when I rent whole units, that feels a lot easier than trying to coordinate um, <clears throat> all the check-in and out of individual rooms and the cleaning and stuff. Mm. Now you said uh, you have to make a deal. Now yeah. you making a deal because you're using like midterm and short-term rentals to make the deal. Are you going to markets that are already regulated? Um, well, medium-term, there's not really 
a regulation. Like over 30 days is basically what you see, unless you're in certain HOAs where they're like, oh, it has to be three months or six months. So I avoid those. But basically, once it's 30 days, you're kind of like a long-term rental. So that's great. I think for short-term rental, I'm just doing a little bit less of it now, but basically, hmm, I mostly go to markets that don't have regulations for those. Yeah. Has, has that came back to bite you at any point? Not yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess St. Louis, when I started back way back in the day there, they didn't really have their stuff together to have regulations. And so they slowly did add them, but they still don't enforce it. So, you know, what I do is I do medium term most of the time, but if there's like a couple day gap, I might just throw it, throw it short term and fill those couple days and keep going. Nobody's what, what, saying anything. Your interview on Bigger Pockets was cool because this is your third time on Bigger Pockets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've seen other iterations of the Bigger Pockets team, you know, the guys. Oh yeah. Really you've seen all lot. three different ones, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the first one I did had Mindy on there, so it wasn't um, it wasn't with Josh. But then I did like episode three hundred, which was kind of like a recapping bigger episode, and so Josh came for that one. And then this last one, it's been it was Dave and rob built yeah rob yeah yeah that's cool he even piqued his interest in the midterm because he's mostly short term right mm -hmm. he's got one he's got yeah. one midterm everybody's kind of sneaking in the space <laughs> i know what's up with that? they're gonna ruin it like they did short-term rentals um yeah. no anyways yeah. so so that's that's what i was the one thing you know because I, I, like i said they're not really into it too big like you are but the one thing i was like they didn't impress you on is is how to fill those gaps you know you mentioned it briefly yeah. but i want to know the the art of filling those gaps because those gaps can they can hurt man yeah well so like i had said i only open the calendar about five weeks and in my booking and or in my ad you know people don't really read it but i put it in there and say hey we're open month to month but i'm just opening my calendar a little bit so i'm hoping that someone's just searching for the beginning of their stay and not searching for like three or six months which i think people know better than to do that because they're not going to find that much availability so if they find my place for that like month, then we can talk. So what I found with people that are doing longer stays is they're usually driving out. And so they're flexible. If you tell them, hey, you know, I'm actually available this day. Would you want to come a day early and like check out the city or whatever? You know, sometimes they'll work with you. And I've even had people stay in a hotel for a couple of days so that they could stay in my place. And they were just like, filling in that gap that I wasn't available because they just want to stay in my place. So if you have a really nice product, you know, if you're coming into it like a short-term rental operator and making it cool, people will look for you and, and make an effort to be in your place. And then they'll try to, I mean, you want them to end their lease. You don't want them to end their lease on the 15th or something like that. How do you encourage them to like end it on either the 1st or the 30th or what do you do with oh, that? Oh, no, I've got people ending on the 8th and the 22nd and the 4th. Yeah, you just do whatever. It doesn't matter. People move whenever in this space. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If there's any creative ways like to fill the gaps or to get people to pay for the gaps. Say, hey, listen, I know you're coming on the 8th. It's we rent only by the month. I'll give you a discount on that eight day gap or something like that. I don't know, just to close it a little. You don't do anything. Yeah, like that. but I rarely, rarely find people that are like, I'm coming on the 31st or the first. Like it just they don't look at it like that. It's just not the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was my biggest question after watching the show. It was it was a good show. Yeah, you dropped some gems on there. 
Thanks. One thing I, I noticed you, you were primarily, you said you are primarily on Airbnb, but I know mm-hmm. you said you're trying to get into government contracts, things of that nature. I'm also trying to get into that. How, what are, what are some things, are, are you doing anything to grow your business's brand? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I actually like don't care about that part. I mean, <laughs> I have my own brand, right? So I've got like a website. So if we need to show them like, oh, I'm legit. And I'm not just like some random person from the internet, then like I have something to send them to. So that feels fine. But yeah, I, I'm not really in the direct booking space in that way. Like I don't want them to book on my website. I still want us to intervene and be able to like negotiate and stuff like that. So when Mm -hmm. people do their own website, it's just a little bit too, um, random for me. I used to have that set up. I don't like it. Mm, Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, in your case, you are the brand. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's that's pretty cool. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what percentage of your bookings comes from furnished finder? That's interesting. I think it depends on the market. So, um, in Boulder, we're like much more tech heavy. So I actually don't have as many nurses that come through here. And so we get a lot of people for like, we have like a Google campus and we've got scientists that come in for the different like centers that we have here, research centers and people for the university and whatever. So yeah, a lot of it comes through Airbnb for us there, but then something like St. Louis is like all furnished finder. Uh, so it really just depends on what <clears throat> your area is. Okay. That being said, do you have any like furnished finder hacks, how to use the site better to, to attract guests and stuff like that? Or uh, yeah, yes. just, just any hacks. Yes. I feel like everybody uses furnished finder, furnished finder wrong. Like I didn't know that. And so I was like, oh my God, everyone's not doing it right. Um, but basically people are, are, planning for it to be like Airbnb. They're like waiting for a booking to come in. And like, that's not how it works. People can tell you, hey, I'm interested in your property. But for the most part, you get a list of, um, you were distracting me with your cute child. Hi, child. Sorry about that. <laughs> Abby just made an appearance. Poor thing. I love it. Under the um, yeah. So you get a list of matched leads is what they call it. And then unmatched leads. And they might unmatch because it's like not the right price point, or maybe they want one bedroom when you have two bedrooms or whatever. So what we do is we have a template and we shoot it to everyone matched, unmatched. We're, we're reaching out to people. So you have to be proactive in that sense. Now, if you want to go a step further, if you're trying to go after contracts like Micah is, and I know he's taking notes. Um, if you're going to go after contracts, you actually want, and you can have a VA or an assistant do this, but you want to call each of these people and you want to find out, hey, who's your recruiter? What agency is placing you? And try to get back to that person. Because if you can get back to that person, they're going to be placing more people, you know? And so then you can get a direct connection there. Now, okay. What's now you said something, you said template. What's your template? Yeah, I can send it to you. And I don't know how you could get it to other people, but they can DM me for it. But basically what's important in it, it's just like an easy, you know, Hey, I found you in my tenant leads and I wanted to see if our places would work for you. So here's one hack is that if you've got four places in one town, you just have one furnished finder listing. You don't need to have all four. And the reason is because they're sending you all the tenants, right? So then you take that and you put it in your template and your template has your four Airbnb listings. And the reason they don't need to book on Airbnb, 
So when people get that, even if they have already found a place to stay, they're going to click on the listings because people love those links and they're curious and they want to look at pictures and you need that for your SEO. It helps. And so even if that person doesn't book you, now you might get booked on Airbnb because you had all these people clicking your link. You're showing up higher and you're more likely to get booked. So that's the important part. And then in there, we just say the couple of things like deposits, $1,000, cleaning fees, X amount. You know, we don't accept pets or if you do, you know, and it's just like little bullet points. So that's, it's pretty simple. Oh, and I'm a real estate agent. So I say, hey, if you're moving to the area, let me buy you, like you can be our client. And I've gotten a lot of clients that way. So it's dope. Wow, love yeah. it. That is mm -hmm. awesome. So you mentioned real quick, you mentioned, I mean, you, you dropped some some awesome knowledge right there, but you mentioned pets. And so do yeah. you, do, you, do you, I know it's very lucrative, but do you uh, allow pets at all your places? I know. I don't like pets. <laughs> I mean, I love pets. Like as someone who does pet sitting, I'm like, yeah. Ooh, I love pets, but I don't trust people with their mm. pets, you know? And actually of all my units, I have one guy right now who's a divorcee and he's got a hypoallergenic dog with like, they don't shed, you know, they're the mm. little curly hairs. So I was like, okay, you can have your dog. Plus you're going through a divorce. You need that emotional support, you know? <laughs> so he's okay. But for the most part, no, because they shed, it like messes up your couch. And then especially with traveling uh, nurses, they're at the, the hospital like 12 hours a day. That animal is freaking out and they are That's messing up your shit. That is a good point. I had, I had, that, yeah. that happened at one of the places we had a travel nurse yeah. there. And so her dog was just freaking out all day. And then the, the HOA the lady that, that ran the HOAs next door, you know, sending a bunch of emails and texts and yeah. everybody's freak. I'm like, holy crap. I, I didn't even think about that. They're gone all day at work. And so this thing, if it freaks out, it just goes crazy all day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, th I've not had any problems with traveling nurses except for ones with pets. So mm. cut it out. But you know, a lot of people like to keep it because, they think that it brings more tenants in. And so if you feel like you're not getting enough, yeah, do it. But then have a pet fee and a pet deposit. Like you can do whatever you want. At rent, baby. That's right. hundred bucks They'll a do month. it. Hell yeah, they'll pay that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so so you wrote a book? It's like we go back to the book. How the hell do you yes. get a book on Bigger <laughs> Pockets? That's like a huge deal, man. Thank you. Um, it's so weird because it was Bigger Pockets Conference 2021. And I was like, I want to write a book for Bigger Pockets, but I have no idea what I'm going to write. And I was like, they've already done all the books. It's done. I don't know what else they haven't written about. And then I got the idea and I was like, man, medium term, is that like big enough? Like, will anybody really read this? You know, but I'll, I'll pitch it. Let me just see. But, you know, last year was so different than this year. And so when we were pitching it to them, they were very much like, well, you know, we did a lot of market research. Like there's nobody searching for these terms. It's like the keywords are not coming up high, but we believe that it could be something. And it now is crazy pants. So I'm so glad that we did it. But yeah, at the time I had no idea if it was going to work. Hmm. That is cool. Yeah. So how do you sit down and write a book? Ooh. Um, you just time like block it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's, it's, um, you know, I think it's like a spiritual personal growth, like experience to write a book because 
when you're sitting down there, like some days you're flowing and it's great. And then other days, like all your demons are there with you. You know, mm. they're like, nobody's going to write, read this. Like, who do you think you are? It's not very good. Your writing sucks. Like, and you're still there and you're doing it. So you're just mm. like trudging through the mud. And I think it's a cool growing experience to do that. Just put in the reps, right? So, yeah. uh, okay. So you do background checks and credit checks on all your clients, all your guests. Yeah. Where did that come from? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How the to, book as we I'm talk. A terrible transitioner. <laughs> I did, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. These are my questions. Is that from the book? Because I haven't read it yet. I will read it. Oh, can you do it? Can you read it for me and, like, like, and, and record it? And then I can play it in my earphones. Yeah. It's called Audible, bro. <laughs> Just buy it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we yeah. got to cut that out of the show. We got we got to no, play we that. Don't. That was pure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, gold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, bro. Damn, put oh. me in my place. <laughs> I want to hear you read it. I don't want to hear some stranger read it. I know. Okay, so we had we had a real fight with bigger pockets about that. I we had to audition, and they were like, <laughs> for your own book, <laughs> yeah. for your own book. Yeah, it's because I guess there's professionals that they know how to do the recording without making too many sounds. You like make mouth sounds and you swallow and all this stuff that has to be edited out. Do you do the I don't know. in the book? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was mouth breathing, breathing and they were just like, not you. But I really think like people connect with the author, especially because in the book, we do a lot of like personal stories and case studies. And I'm like, that is so much more fun when it's you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a big mess. It is better to read a book when you know the author. Because yeah. now when I read your book, because I'm going to get your book, I can do it. Like I read Julie George's book and I read uh, Mark Simpson's book. When I'm reading Julie's book, she'll like at the beginning part, she's telling a story, but I'm reading it in her voice. So it was really cool. Oh, yeah. that's no, a good skill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and so then I got captured by a kangaroo. Yeah, that, yeah that's how she read, that's how she read her book. <laughs> I don't even know if that's Australian. Shrimp on a bobby. That's through the whole book. That's all it is. <laughs> So yeah, it is cool knowing an author because yeah, now I can read your book and I can read it in your voice. You, you know, it is funny that that you did say about you know getting a professional book reader. I guess that's what they're called. I don't know uh, someone to read the books because uh, I've I mean I've heard I've I've heard some great auto audible you know um, readers you know and I'm like wow this this book is really interesting it, it tells a story you know what I'm saying and then and then I heard a book where the own there the the author read his own book and it was a great book good to great I love that book. But he just like it seemed like he was so passionate about his own material and it just like a little too much, you know. You could have had a oh. professional read it. I don't know. It was weird. It, I know, but it's his own stuff, so he really puts emphasis on the words that he meant to have emphasis and stuff like that. So he kind of, hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. know. I actually like it better when I know it's the author reading it. That's what I'll go for. Otherwise, I'll just read it myself because I think they sound robotic sometimes, and I'm like, I can't get down with that. I like, I can't follow this. Boring. So I don't know. Get the audible. Let me know what you think. <laughs> oh Lord, so many questions for you. Um, oh yeah. Well, you can go back to that question did, that was just yeah, awkwardly just, transitioned. I, I, I'm happy to answer it now. It's on my oh, list. I don't even. I, I just I can't even read my own handwriting. Zayona. Zayana. Zayana. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was just talking about screening and doing background checks. You do that for every yeah. single guest that comes through. Well, so um, one thing to know is that 
like traveling nurses and like medical professionals, they're highly background checked because they're not trying to bring in any like criminals or crazies into their hospital, you know, like that's liability for them. So if I can get proof that they have like a work contract, then I don't need to background check them. I feel good about that. And then on Airbnb, I'm not background checking. So it's only when it's somebody from Furnish Finder that's like, from something else. So sometimes mm. people on Furnish Finder are like students or they're doing a renovation in their home or something like that. And they need they need a place for a little while. I've, I do have this question. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Steve. I just said, uh, who do you use for your screenings? Um, well, we have everything on Avail now. So I think Avail does screening. I, honestly, my assistant's doing it all. We <laughs> used to do apartments.com and we moved to Avail and it's all free. Okay. So, well, the screenings we make the tenants pay for, yeah. and I think it's probably 30, 40 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Micah? Man, I've completely lost my <laughs> It'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> all right. All right. So, where are you, okay, you list on, of course, Furnish Finder, and he talks about trying to get the direct contracts. Is there anywhere else? Yeah other people might not have heard of i mean uh, facebook marketplace do you list on there do you list on craigslist no, i mean like so yes that works right but like the further you crazy away people you, on facebook yes that's yeah, the thing crazy. is like you get on craigslist you get on facebook marketplace it's a little bit crazy what other people do is they'll post there's like tons of travel nurse um like groups on facebook and you can get in there but i find it to be a heavy lift I'm like, I don't want to get in there and post and then it gets buried and then you got to find, I don't know, too much work. So I try to go with the ease. <laughs> I noticed that about you. You just like the, yeah. the easy way, you know? Yeah, you're still making money. Yeah. What's up with that? That's Why right. make it hard, right? This is what I was going to ask you because you said okay. you do the midterm stays on Airbnb. So yep. you, you let people book for 30 plus days on Airbnb? Yep. Right. Okay. So have you ran into the issue where, Hey, it's like 30 plus days and you know, Airbnb only sends you a chunk of what they're supposed to pay out. Have you ran into the issue where the guest doesn't pay the remainder and how no. do you, you have it? Okay. No, because Airbnb makes them pay up front. So they have to pay the first 30 days up front and then they make them pay the next 30 days up front, but it's a little bit ahead of when you get paid. And so they're not staying. There's no like extra staying. If they haven't paid, hmm. I always get the email. Like they what have, do you mean? so like if they haven't paid, <laughs> it's just wherever you're like shiesty ass places are, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is shiesty ass Airbnb. <laughs> they don't, they don't pay up front. Oh, interesting. I thought yeah, they you, did. Can, yeah. you can swipe a card for 60 days and they'll only take 30 days out. So then they have to keep that card on file. But if that card goes bad, Airbnb will send you a message and say, Hey, this person didn't pay the rest of the stay. So you haven't. Yeah. And so you got to let them out. Is that what they're saying? Like cut yep. them loose? I was wondering how, have you ran into that issue and have you, you haven't ran into it? Oh yeah. No, I haven't. Um, I have had ones where it's like somebody books and then like within the first 15 minutes, they're like, Ooh, there's an issue with the payment, but we usually resolve it. It's like way before they actually get in. Payment. Yeah. This yeah. Is they're already booked. Yeah, that's, oh, that's interesting. That's sketchy. Yeah, Zayana, like gets her money, yo. Yeah. That's right. Well, and those the contracts when you do those, they pay the whole thing up front, which is mm. kind of wild. They're just like, here's a check for twenty thousand dollars, and you're like, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, like I'm dangerous with that kind of money. I'm gonna go get another property. You know? I know that's that happened to me one time out down in Houston. This company out in Rosenberg, Texas, or something. They're just like, oh, we'll just send you a check. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna need it before because it got kind of sketchy. And they actually yeah. mailed me a check. I was like, man, it's ten thousand dollar check. I was like, damn. Okay. Like, Let's make sure it cashes, but okay. <laughs> I, <went through cash. laughs> I was like, cool, you're good to go. Here's the information. So yeah, next day making it. Rain. Yeah, contracts are the best. So what sure. what do um what do travel nurses like, corporate travelers like? How do you set up a house uh specifically for them? Yeah, so blackout blinds are important because you'll find that a lot of them are night workers. So they have to sleep during the day. So whatever you can do to make that easier. If you've got like a loud place, like you're a little more urban, you might want to have a sound machine in there. It's cheap stuff just that you can have. I've been debating if it makes sense to have like, um, you know, like stand up desks and kind of like monitors in certain properties, like the ones here in Boulder that are a little more like uh, tech. So I haven't done it. I try to make every place have a desk so somebody could work and they're not just working at like the dining table, but I haven't like really got it all like tricked out. So I might at a certain point, but they still rent. So I'm not sure. <laughs> it ain't broke. Don't like. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It sounds like you don't overthink things too much. No, I think what's really important for us is we make our places super cute. So I spend a little more and I've got somebody who helps me and we make them really stylish so that like the pictures stand out and they're fun and we get professional photos and that's important to me. I've been thinking about starting to put like... um what are those called? Like murals in my property mm. so that they stand out a lot, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of like short-term rentals just to make them fun. Because I think in the past, the, there was just like no places to stay and people are staying in dark basements and like ugly granny rooms and stuff. And so mm. I just like want to give them something nice. Mm. That was my yeah. old company, dark basements and, and, and granny rooms. That was my <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so I started. So, well, Oh yeah. I mean, when I started, I At was first... like, I was a college student. So my show was messed up. <laughs> it, was, it was like really minimalist and just like funky mismatch from Craigslist. I mean, I've come a long way. <laughs> I think Micah told it because you said you want to make, you know, maybe put a mural make it look, you know, like really cool. But my, I think Micah, you said at one time, you go, don't make, don't go too crazy with the style if it's for longer, you know, mid to long term. And then, but if it's a short term rental, yeah, make the eye catching style because they're going to have to live with that every day after every day. I don't know. I don't know if you told me that, Micah, but someone told me that. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure on that one. But yeah, it's, well, yeah. You, I think nowadays with how Airbnb's algorithm is, you definitely want to make something that stands out nowadays. Um, Cause man, it's just, they're always changing something too. So, you know, you got to always try to keep up with that algorithm, but yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I might've said that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Zay, yeah maybe Zayana on a, on a cloud with the harp, you know, playing a harp and a smile. I, I was making a joke with a friend the other day. I was like, I should have these like artsy shots of myself in each <laughs> one of my apartments. Nobody has to know it's me. Right. It's just like, it looks like artsy. And then uh, one day I come to like fix something and they're like, Oh, that's you. Uh, <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> I know you. Uh, uh, everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone's kind of changed their strategy when they first started. You know, you kind of had to go. Oh, yeah. I remember when Steve first started, <laughs> he wanted me over to start. And uh, he didn't even, he had his beds on the floor. He didn't even have bed frames. I was like, Steve, you got to have bed frames. <laughs> 
All right. That's, that's a whole new level. I know. I see. I'm like, you know, I'm helping people with their places often and they send it to me and I'm like, okay, I see what your problem is. You know, it's like real obvious. Here we go. He goes, you can, you need bed frames. I'm like, yeah, man, you don't have to be beds on the box. Bed frame. He, he put the box spring, and then that's what the bed frame is, right? The box spring. Uh, <laughs> I guess that was that was back when when they were the home decor was doing this bed on the floor thing. Yeah, it, it looks cute in the magazines, right? Puts these yeah. like these things in the bottom. Asian and the design. Sure. But man, you know, getting up from the bed is hard because you got to roll off the bed and and you know and get on your knees and then roll. And I don't know. It's getting <laughs> off the rails now. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> So learning, so, <laughs> hey, but but don't do well, we always say it on the show, don't do canopy beds because those you know they shake those things loose, you know what I'm saying? Mm, I've never had one of those. No, don't don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Okay. They look pretty, but yeah, all those screws be popping out and everything, you know. <laughs> A lot for me to process right now. <laughs> right. And then we don't have a key for the handcuffs. So what do you do? What do you do, Zan? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so burning man you still go okay. to burning man every year i do yeah. yeah we went this year it was my fifth year in a row well i mean burning man a couple of years off so fifth year that you could go to burning man did you go to the one where the the dude ran into the fire i did did you <laughs> see it happen i didn't see it happen i'm glad i had some friends who saw it happen it seemed pretty scarring Usually someone dies at Burning Man every year because it's a lot of people. It's like 80,000 people, you know, so it's just like a city. Sometimes things just happen. But I think this last year, nobody died. Mm, yeah, so that not- one's like a little more deliberate when you actually run into the fire. It's That's rough. Yeah, he took it literal, didn't he? Um, yeah. So do you, it's a low season. How do you handle low, slow? Is there a slow season in this kind of industry, this midterm rental industry? Yeah, I'd say it's still seasonal, right? So what changes for us is just basically the pricing. So that's what I love too, is that if you're not using Airbnb and you're just on Furnish Finder, the mistake I see a lot of people do is they set a price for the year and they're like, oh, I'm 2,500 all year. And you're like, okay, but you're missing out. (laughs) So the reason I also use Airbnb is because you can use pricing software with it. And so that was the way that I learned, oh, this is still seasonal because I have a property where it's normally like 2,500 for a one bedroom. And then in June, I was getting like 3,000, 3,500. And then in July, I got like 4,000. I was like, okay, that's awesome. But yeah, there there are times where you have higher demand than other times, but it only takes one. Nope. That's what I like to remember. What pricing software are you using? I am still at Beyond Pricing, but I do not recommend it. I think people need to do Price Labs. They have me stuck in a contract, so that's what's happening. Oh, they have you stuck in. Oh, okay, I got you, got you, got you. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm not happy about it. I still use I use Beyond Pricing and Price Labs, but I like I like use both. Mm-hmm. Why both? Well, for different. So I have my, my timeshares are all Beyond Pricing, and then yeah. my properties that I own and arbitrage are all Price Labs. Amazing! You're still doing the timeshares. I love that that worked out. I I thought I might pivot that way, and I just couldn't figure it out. So great job. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm gonna have to change some things because they suspended all 500 of my listings yesterday, a couple of days ago. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to change up some stuff. <laughs> mm. Yikes! Yeah. So how was it being on Bigger Pockets? Did I already ask you that? 
Was it? No, like, you didn't. Was it? Uh, is it nerve wracking? You seem pretty even keeled person. It is. Is it really? So that's interesting. Like, I'm actually afraid of public speaking, and so when I first got started doing podcasts, I was nervous. And now I have a podcast, and for the most part, I'm not nervous. But when I had to do this last bigger pockets, I just knew like how much it meant just because there's so many people that watch it. I feel like I wasn't as good because it wasn't as like calm. So hmm. yes, still nervous. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. No, you always do good on podcasts. Thanks guys. Just on podcasts. <laughs> I know. Well, so in person, it's even scarier. And that's something I'm trying to get better at is like just speaking a lot. Oh, man, I'm coming a long way. But man, just it's get scary. On the mic. Just get on the mic and just go oh, like a lot. A lot. That'll just... <laughs> you going to join Toastmasters? I know. I've I've like gone and like flirted with the idea. You know, I've gone to like a session or two, but I should go to Toastmasters. I know. My wife does it and she like really broke out doing it, like killing it. So yeah, it definitely. I love it. It works. Yeah. One thing you mentioned in your book, I, I you know, Rouse, oh, I read the back cover, um, is, yeah. is, is tax, <laughs> is um, no tax. You don't get hit with the taxes when you do midterm yeah. rentals. Explain that for us, please. Okay. So there is usually, it's all different by area. And so the only place that this is not true, I've learned this since writing the book is that Florida, if it's under six months, they consider it a short-term rental. And that's the only state that I've heard of that does that. So they charge a state tax. And then depending on the county, they may also charge a county tax. And I hate that. So I have I have five units in central Florida and I really want to make a midterm rentals that I'm just like, I don't want to pay taxes. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. Um, but basically there's always like a tax for um, shorter stays. It's, it's kind of like a hotel tax essentially. So Airbnb in a lot of places has gotten really good at that. They collect it and they remit it for you. You don't really have to deal with it, but um, yeah. So once it's 30 days, you don't have to pay that tax. So even if you're in that same town that they would be collecting tax for under 30 days, it's just depending on how how long the stay is. And so they charge the guest that tax, but it takes it out of what you could be otherwise charging the guest. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. That's a, that's a big reason to to try to transition to midterm rentals because they do get you because, man, some cities is like 9% and then the state wants another 6%. I'm like, God, oh. So if you yes. just, yeah, if you just did a midterm rental, you'd probably be making more money than doing a short-term rental in some cases. Well, and then you might also have to have a short-term rental permit, which costs money, right? And so as a long-term rental, often it's like Boulder, for example, the short-term rental permit is like two years or one year or something. And then their long-term it's like four years. Like they don't mm. even care about you, you know, just give <laughs> us, give us your permit and know that you're legal. And then that's it. And a lot of places don't even have anything for a long-term rental. So that is kind of that other reason why I'm leaving, leaving St. Louis is like, they just have a lot of rules and uh, I don't like that. They like technically want to know every time you turn over a tenant and I, that's too often for me. So I just don't tell them, you know, they're just yeah, things yeah. that I don't want to deal with. So it's like, I want to be as in the right as I can. And so I try to move to markets where they just don't ask a lot of questions. What's the market yeah, you're looking at right now? Um, I'm really bullish on Omaha. Hmm. Yeah. Omaha has one of the top nine hospitals for traveling nurses and they have no rental restrictions. So you can do short-term, medium-term. And I like that because I like that hybrid model of like, 
really doing a bunch of short term in the high season and just like getting that money. And then in the slower season, just fill in with the medium term, because otherwise you'd just be booking weekends and you're not even really covering your bases. Mm-hmm. So I like the mix. That's a new one. Omaha. Never heard about that one. Always I know. Show. Out in the bushes, you know, those are the Bruh. good ones. <laughs> <laughs> where you can still get a quad for like what four or five hundred k it's amazing yeah oh snap so yeah. so it, does, it doesn't scare you at all to go into a market that has zero regulations as opposed to one that already has something in place you know what i'm saying so in case like all of a sudden you know people follow you to omaha and then hey all the people get up and you know ah, let's, let's can't ban airbnb or whatever you don't you don't get scared about that yeah because i'm not really i don't like tie my hitch to short-term rental anymore if I was saying like, Ooh, I can only do short-term rental and this deal will not work, then I would be worried. But in Omaha, the numbers are so good that you could almost just buy long-term. I mean, I think you can, if you find the right deal, like you can still make a cash flow long-term. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing short-term and midterm, it's like crazy. It's bananas. So I, love, I think it's fine. I love that strategy. And that's the strategy I, I'm bullish on too. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. let's make sure it works long-term. If it works long-term, Everything else is just that's just icing on the cake because sure. that's where it is. I'm I'm fully agree with that strategy. Oh yeah. I wonder what month um the above the Warren Buffett has the the annual stockholders meeting. I heard it's like huge that people like mm-hmm. all over the world go to that thing. There you go. That's some of your renters. I know. When is that? I feel like it's November, but I could be so wrong. I I remember having a bunch of friends that wanted to go. I haven't been yet. Mm. You own stock in Buffett's company. I mean, probably. <laughs> I'm at like BTSAX. Don't they have like the entire stock market? So maybe. Love BTSAX. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what makes a okay? So you're out. You're always shopping because you're addicted to shopping for houses, right? Yeah. So what? what makes and I'm a, good... a realtor, so that's like it feeds the addiction. Oh, bad, bad moves. Straight, straight to the vein, right there. Yeah. Um, so what? Um, what is the criteria you look for? That's gonna something that's gonna make a, a good or great midterm rental. Yeah. So my favorites now are two to four unit. Like I like small multifamily and I like it because you're paying the utilities. So if you can have like one lawn and one roof and all that, it just makes it a little bit easier. Um, The other thing that I do because I'm in different markets, like in Colorado, a multi-unit is like $2 million. You know, it's like, uh, I'm not there yet. I'm not buying those. So what I do here is I pick up condos. So condos Mm. are one of those things that people avoid as as real estate investors, especially the one bedroom condo. So one bedroom condo, a lot of people won't buy that because if they have enough money to buy, they want a two bedroom so they can have like an office or a guest room, you know? Mm. So the one bedrooms are often overlooked and I feel like you can really get good deals on them. So I like a one bedroom condo and I like the ones that have shared utilities so they don't have their own furnace or water heater. It's like part of the building. So then that shit doesn't break and cost you a lot of money. And then I like the ones even that don't have their own washer and dryer. And a lot of people avoid those too. But a, a medium term renter doesn't care. They, they'll have really? a washer and dryer in the building, not like, you know, down the street. But it's uh, the only things that can break are my kitchen appliances. So my like overhead and maintenance is like so low. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah. I thought they all needed washers and dryers. I always assumed that. I mean, they have access to one. It's just like down the hall. It's not mine. (laughs) I don't have to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. What I like about condos though, is like, if you have that kind of setup, 
I don't, I don't estimate for CapEx. What I do is I just have my maintenance, which is like 5% and CapEx would usually be another 5%. But I'm saying that, hey, my HOA fee is the CapEx because that's covering all those shared things. So it's nice. Makes it a little easier. You just made me so happy, Zayana, because we're actually closing on a one bedroom condo at the moment. And, oh, they're and, dope. And, yeah, it's so cool. It's it's over there. It's there here in Dallas. And the thing about it was is what's cool. Uh, we talked about arbitrage a little bit, not in glowing terms earlier. What was cool about arbitraging, because we, we were arbitraging this place first. And so we yeah. got to know the owner and then we're buying it directly from the owner and getting a good deal. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? So we got to test drive it. And we're like, holy crap, this thing's making us like three or four grand a month. One bedroom condo, who would have thought? She says, I'm yeah. going to sell it. Yeah, hell yeah, we're going to buy it from you. So it, it, it gets your foot in the door. You know, you get a relationship with, yes. the, with the person you're arbitraging from, and then you can buy it if, it, if, it, if you can see if it's making good money. It makes it made better money than like a couple of our houses that we have. Holy smokes. So yeah, one bedroom condos. Yeah. I'm all for it. No, arbitrage definitely has a place. And like, there are people like we talked about Rafa before. He's got another podcast, The Big Break Show, and he does mostly arbitrage. And so for him, he had talked about getting a nurse contract, you know, doing a direct through the hospital or through a recruiter, and then saying, I don't even have this place, but I'm going to go find it. Right. So he'll mm. just go arbitrage it. And when he has a contract in hand, he's not showing up like some slump saying like, I want to Airbnb your place. He's saying, you know, I'm a professional. I've got contracts with the hospital. This is going to be a doctor. You know, we, we're going to use your place for these like things. And you just seem like people want to say yes to that. Like, okay, mm. this guy's above the board. This is what he's doing. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Ralph is the man. Yeah, Ralph is killing it. <laughs> so what kind of, okay, what kind of supplies do you leave for the guests? Like as far as they, you want to encourage them to keep the house clean a little bit, right? Yeah, so it's all the same things as a short-term rental, but what you can do is you can ration it if you'd like. Um, I tell people to do this. We don't always do it because it's a little more work for the cleaners, but like you technically could just start them out with two rolls of toilet paper per bathroom, a roll of like paper towels, like one dishwasher pod, one laundry pod, you know, like you can be real simple and then just say, and we do, we say everywhere, like we're getting you started. If it runs out, it's your responsibility. And what's cool is that people are there so long, they leave a lot of stuff. So it's very rare that we actually have to buy supplies because people are a little more, it's like more of a partnership. Like if you've got a short-term rental, they are not going to get you batteries. But if somebody has been living there for two months, they, they'll go to the store. They're like, oh yeah, cool. You know, this is my place and this is my remote and I'm going to go get some batteries. It's mm. different. And they, they don't like to be bothered. What, what I've noticed, you know, like travel nurses <laughs> and stuff like, uh, does somebody really have to come over? I mean, I could do it. You know, they, they don't want to yeah. be, there's, there's like you said, the it's their bulb. space. Yeah, it takes it takes three by the way travel nurses to change a light bulb <laughs> anybody's wondering quick question for you ziona you said yeah. do you yeah. use profit first for your business i don't. You don't i've heard of it i know i probably should there's so many <laughs> things you know you call me an expert but i don't have all the answers i'm still a human <laughs> no i are you so i was like most people a lot of people in the short-term real space don't even have a CapEx account, you know, and you, cause you said CapEx at one at 5%. I was like, Oh, yeah. most people don't have that. That's why I thought you used profit first, but yeah, I just opened. No, it's, account. it's the way I run my numbers. When I'm first analyzing a deal, I want to have CapEx in it. So oh. even though like what I do for my properties is like, I get it to a certain point. So I'll like, I'll have an account for like with 10 grand in it. And then once it's over 10 grand, then I'll just like take the money out. 
on my own. So I just have like a, a rule of thumb depending on the property. And then if it like, if we have an expense and it goes below that, then I just let it fill itself back up. And then I only take off the top. So it's, it's not like a perfect science, but I want to know when I'm running my numbers, is there enough meat on the bone? Love it. That's, that's the good thing about running it. It's a long-term. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Steve. Speaking of CapEx, utility cap. You see what I did there? You see how I did cap to cap? Anyways. <laughs> no, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, we've been floating this around be only because Texas, well, not everywhere in the world, energy is, I mean, double now. And it costs, the, the utilities are freaking crazy. If you have a place where, mm -hmm. if you're in a place where it all shared, it's you know, wonderful. But if you're in, in a house that they're just putting it on like, you know, 50 degrees every day to, in summertime, it can hurt. So, so do you put, do you ever, do you, I know the answer because you know, I know the answer. Do you ever put like a, a utility cap? Say if you spend over a hundred bucks a month, you're going to have to pay out of pocket for the utilities. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I haven't, I had one tenant ever that I started noticing. It was like high and I just like talked to him about it and he's like, okay, I'll watch it. So I think like if it gets excessive, I'll reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, you know, like I'm going to have to make you pay if it goes over this. But Again, those properties that I find that have like shared, like they'll have like a boiler in the building and stuff and it's mm -hmm. all shared, like they are the lowest utilities ever because all I'm paying for is electrical and Wi-Fi. Mm. It's cheap. See that so. the 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 um condo we're getting into, right? That we're closing on. It's so cool because they have a HOA, of course, and they have a your HOA fee, but rolled into the HOA fee itself is all the utilities. So they can they can spend as much on you know yeah. energy on electric or or whatever as they want and it's not going to cost us one penny more. So uh, yeah, 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 it's cool. I love the places that have Wi-Fi that they're doing now in all the buildings. That's like kind of a newer thing. I don't see it too often, but like for some new, new builds, I see it and I'm like, that's brilliant. Why do we all have to have our own when like mm -hmm. you know you look on the Wi-Fi and there's like fifty of them? It's like, come yeah. on. Why do we have to hack our neighbors? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you know comcast is just killing it so you said something actually you said both of you guys are saying so if like all your utilities are rolled into the hoa wi-fi all that do you guys do a background check on the hoa to like make sure they have a reserve amount because let's say that stuff runs out now that hey well hoa fees got to go up how do you guys do how do you do how do you take that into account yeah. So um, at the time that you're buying, you get like the HOA docs. And so you get a series of HOA minutes, which they usually do a monthly meeting. And so it'll talk about anything coming up. And so in those minutes, I scan through to see if there's anything sketchy, like we're outlawing short-term rentals or, you know, anything <laughs> like that. Um, but usually that all is fine. And it just kind of shows you, and then you can see the budgets over the years, but there's something called a reserve study which they have a company like a third party come in and say, this is all the expenses for the next 20 years that we estimate and what they'll cost over the years with inflation and everything. And you have X amount based on what you're going to need. And so you want them to be at least 35% funded. That's like the safe number. Um, and then from there, you can kind of say like, you know, maybe they had this problem. Do I feel good about it or not? Like then you just decide. But that's that's kind of the rule. See, her um, Zayana's um, strategy is a little bit different than mine. I just you know asked the neighbor, "Hey, bro, is the HOA good?" He said, "Yeah, sure." And then I'm, yeah, okay, that's cool. not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh my God. So we live in a town home in Boulder and it's like, we have to do a big siding project and it's like a million dollars. Like, I mean, it can look like, oh, it's cool. We got all this money in the account and then you don't. So, you mm -hmm. know, you got to like, feel like they're managing it well. Um, but yeah, I'm one of the places I own two condos in one building and the HOA president, like she does so much stuff for free. She's retired and she's like in the laundry, cleaning it up and doing all these things. I'm like, that is a well-run place. Like she's just taking care of shit. So you want those places where people like really care. Right. And ownership. Right. Yeah. I love That's that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what's in it? Okay. You've gone from short terminals, right? Then you've mm -hmm. gone to mid-term rentals. What, what's next? Long-term rentals? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I have a couple. I thought for a while there that I was like only going to buy new construction and long-term and like start to transition there because I was like, okay, new construction and won't, they're not going to ask me for anything for like 10 years, you know, that's great. But I am maybe a little bit of a control freak. And I started having property managers on the long terms. And man, they just, they're just slow. There's like all this vacancy in between. And, you know, they, they don't advertise right away. Like after being a property manager myself for so long, it's just a little painful to watch, even if you get to be hands off. So mm. I think the next move would really be syndications if I can ever get away from owning. But I just, I just like it. They're like my little tinker projects. All my babies. <laughs> That's cool. You don't have to go to syndication. Everybody, yeah, I might. Who knows? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, you could. You know, I know people kill it in that. But um, cool. Well, I think we've asked you a shit. Ton okay, of wait. This is what's next. So this is uh, what I'm like really passionate about right now. Midterms. Sorry. Smids. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, creative financing. I think is what's next Ooh. right now. So I've been learning a lot about subject to and seller financing. And so I'm excited about that. I'm doing it a lot for my clients, but also for myself that I'm excited about moving into that space because as a seller, it allows you to just make a monthly uh, income because of your equity in your home. And so it's kind of like still getting that cash flow without actually having to manage or, you know, find tenants, keep the property up at all. That's awesome. But also as a buyer, you don't have to qualify for a loan. You can take over a loan that is like 3%. Like when things are 8 to 10% and they could go higher than that, like this is where we need to go. So even stuff that's on market, if it's been on market two months, I'm calling them up and I'm saying, hey, you're going to take some terms. What are we going to do? <laughs> so I think it's, so gangster, it's a really by, cool by space. Way. You're huh? so gang. You're so gangster. Hey, what are we gonna do with this, huh? And two, ten months. What the? Sorry. Yeah, I like <laughs> That's it. Cool. Thank you. You need to listen to our buddy. Uh, what's his name? Micah. The, the, Adam the, Johnson. The, yeah, yeah. He's all about subject two. Oh, you would love those episodes. Oh, oh nice. What's his name? Adam Johnson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Pace Morby's stuff. I love all his stuff, but. The thing about Pacey loves to tell a story and it's just like all over the place. And I'm like, can someone just tell me like A to Z? I, this is how you do it. I just want to watch one YouTube. I don't want to watch 20 hours of YouTube. So that is my frustration. Yeah. That we're, we're really, me and my wife are really bullish on sub two right now too. Like just learning the process. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, you just have to, 
let's what do we need to sign so I can just take over this mortgage so this guy doesn't get mm-hmm. free. So yeah, we're real bull- bullish on it right now too. Now, have you been looking at maybe subtuing pre foreclosures? No, I I don't know. Seems a little bit complicated. I mean, what we have done is like I've got somebody on my team who calls expireds, and so it's hard to know if they're like in a weird spot. But I think it's just like the market shifted so fast where it was like p- places were under contract in three days and now they're sitting almost three months. Mm-hmm. And so people are stuck on this price. They're like, I just want my high price. And so if we can still give them their high price, but now we've got all these cool terms, it can be a win-win. It's mm-hmm. great. It's just, it still feels a little confusing. And that's the part that's hard is that you have to explain why it makes sense for somebody and they are usually a little sketched out about it. Mm, A lot of people, they always tell the person, the seller, hey, speak to your CPA. And usually a CPA will give them a good guidance of like, hey, this is what you're going to get with it being this price for this amount of time. Um, Because I'm bullish on it too. Like sub twos, the way, especially right now, interest rates are high. Mm -hmm. Get a 3% mortgage takeover. And like like Ziana said, the best way to convince somebody is say, "Hey, what are we gonna do here? What are we gonna do with this thing?" Oh my god, it's so funny because you are like my co-host. We're like everything's <laughs> going well, and then you make a stupid dad joke. I it's not it. stupid, dad. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Dad joke. Okay, so I have a pool, right? There's a pool dude that that takes care of the pool, right? This pool, this pool guy, he comes in. I pay him by check. He wants to be paid by check. I don't know. It's an IRS thing. Anyway, so I leave it on the grill and because I'm not here whenever he gets his check. So the other day, he went to get the check out of the grill, right? And, and the dumbass turned on the grill and burned up the check. The worst part of it is that I'm going to go to jail now for writing a hot check. No. <laughs> so again, that you should cut out. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I know. I thought, I'm a hater. I'm a I, hater. I, I thought about... No, no, don't hate. I thought about putting on the trampoline though, but I was afraid it was gonna bounce. Funny. That was better. That was cute. No, come on. No crickets. God. That's a bad joke. It's I fine. Do. There are people out there listening, laughing right now. Uh, I know they're yeah. there somewhere. I can hear them in my head at night. I can hear them. My own audience. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> um <laughs> thank you we're gonna end it we're gonna end it on no no we're not gonna end it yet i want to know one more question why did you compliment micah's hair and not mine i mean mine's your hair actually looks really great too i know i it's just like i think i was like fixing all my stuff i came on the show and then i saw mike and i was like dang he looks great but then i was like oh yeah your hair looks great too look at that pepper going on a little little swoopy i don't know what you call that nice guys if you're not watching on youtube you need to you need to change that immediately. You need to or ladies, see these guys' more hair. Yeah, well, guys too. Whatever. True. It's a different world. Okay. <laughs> Where can people find you, Ziana? All right. Um. Gosh, I'm in all the places. I think the easiest one, yeah, go get our book, biggerpockets.com slash 30 days stay. Um, Instagram, Ziana McIntyre. And then check out my podcast, Invest Number Two Fies, Investify. Um, it's a good show. Investify. Oh, now I get it. Like testify, yeah. investify. Okay. Yeah. For us, it's like using real estate investing to get to financial independence. That's like, that's our whole deal. Mm. It's great. I dig well, it. I dig it. Any more questions for the queen of midterm rentals? Yeah, I, that's your title now. 
That is it, Ziona. Thank you for coming on. I think this is your third. Y'all could say second, but I'm pretty sure third. I'm going to find all three episodes and DM both of you. Uh, But yeah, thank y'all for coming on and thank you for coming on and uh, continue, much continued success coming your way. Keep on grinding and keep being an inspiration and a light. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. Yeah, it was. Adios. Bye, Ziana. Bye. All right. Another Mm. episode in the bag. Episode what, Stevie Stacks? Uh, 231. Two Trey One. Let's go. Man, that was a really good episode. Uh, She always brings it, dude. She's so cool, man. She's just so laid back. And then she's just dropping freaking lefts and right and uppercuts and just, holy smokes, I didn't even think about that. But to her, it's just like, ah, I just did this. And no big deal, you know what I'm saying? But us is like, holy crap, this is awesome, man. The stuff that she's telling us, Omaha, who would have thought of Omaha, you know? And I wonder, no, 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 you know what? We have a fan in Omaha who came on the podcast who does the big-ass houses up there, remember? Mm, yes. To the people that come in, like you were saying, from Buffett stuff. That's what he was making his big money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was a great show. This was a great show. Zayana, she out, uh, she's been on Bigger Pockets. She's been on our show and then a bunch of other shows. But the, the main two in the whole world is us and Bigger Pockets, right? Oh, the main so, live, live, Yeah, live. yeah, the main live ones, live. man. <laughs> <laughs> so we love having her on. Get her book, 30 Days Stay on Bigger Pockets, whatever. You order it from there or Amazon. And um, yeah, thank y'all for listening. We are um, live, let thrive at gmail.com, live, let thrive.com. Argest Rentals, my company, A-R-G-E-S-T Rentals. Hit me up. Micah's got a company too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank y'all. First off, thank y'all for continuing to listen. Find us, live, let thrive, gmail.com. Follow us on Live Let Thrive on Instagram. Leave a like and please subscribe. Leave us a review. We'll shout you out. And uh, yeah, yeah, if you have any ugly houses out there, auntie's house, whoever's house, ugly house, hit me up. We will definitely take a look at it. If you're on Instagram, hit up Mahogany, send it to her, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Other than that, we are out. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live Let Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.